Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One of the characters in Ursula K. Le Guin's third Earthsea novel, The Farthest Shore, Cobb, that's his use name, haunts the novel for really about the first two-thirds of it. And he's coming up in terms of reminiscences and reflections on the part of Ged, who has actually encountered him. And as the novel goes on, we figure out that he is the person responsible for the wizardry, the luck, the skill, the craft, the life being sucked out of the world of Earthsea. He's done something and he's used magic to do this. He is drastically upset what the the mages of Ro call the balance or the equilibrium, and not just within Earthsea itself, but within relation to the world of the living in Earthsea and the dry land, the land of the dead. And the relations between death and life are how that's going to come about. And this brings us to the Pelnish lore or the lore of Palm. Palm is one of the islands of Earthsea. It's got its own kind of magic and majory going on there, sorcery. And there's a lot of things that happen in the backstory of Pelm that we're only getting hints about. So Ged tells us some of this in, in relation to Aaron. Aaron is asking him about Alpharon and Earthsea and Morid. And Ged says, I actually saw her when I did the greatest evil I have ever done. It was to her beauty I thought I turned and I saw her for a moment I saw Alpharon and then Aaron is going to say, is it true then the dead can be brought back into life and made to speak to living souls by majory? Ged says, yes, by the spells of summoning. It is in our power, but it is seldom done. And I doubt that it is ever wisely done. Now that's an important point that we'll come back to in a moment. In this, the master summoner agrees with me, the, the current master summoner. Also, if we go back to a wizard of Earthsea, the old master summoner, when Ged was still a student, also thought that was a bad idea as well, as did Ogian, right? He does not use or teach the lore of Palm in which such spells are contained. The greatest of them, now we get introduced to this, this other backstory character, were made by one called the Grey Mage of Palm a thousand years ago. He summoned up the spirits of the heroes and mages, even Aerith Akba, to give counsel to the lords of Palm in their wars and government. So this is a you know, a great advantage. Imagine if you could take advantage of the combined wisdom of those who have lived and died and profit from their mistakes. Ged actually goes on to say, however, the counsel of the dead is not profitable to the living. We'll see why in a bit. Palm came on evil times and the gray mage was driven forth. He died nameless. What it means to die nameless is nobody remembering him, nobody memorializing him. Once a person dies in Earthsea, their true name can be spoken forth and used to describe them. Nobody knows who this gray mage was. We will see 
see later on that Cobb is going to have the staff of the Grey Mage. He says, this is the staff of the Grey Mage. He who silenced Nerigar, the master of my art. Nerigar was another mage back in Palm who did some heroic deeds, learning from dragons how to use the true name, what the true name was, of the Black Mage. So there's a little bit of backstory there. And so he's got this artifact of the Grey Mage. And what did the Grey Mage do? Well, he developed these spells. And so it's not all the Grey Mage's lore, but he, so to speak, is the pinnacle of it. And there's a lot of Helnish lore that is available, but one should not use them. And they're dangerous. They're dangerous spells to use. Why? So Get explains to us. This has to do with metaphysics and this has to do with our own understanding. So Aaron asks him, is it a wicked thing then, the, the lore of Palm? And Ged says, no, I would call it a misunderstanding, a misunderstanding of life. Death and life are the same thing, like the two sides of my hand, the palm and the back. And still the palm and the back are not the same. They can neither be separated nor mixed. And then Aaron says, then no one uses these spells now. And here he's going to tell us about, about Cobb in just a moment. But before that, he says, these spells are risky, dangerous beyond any other their majory. Death and life are like the two sides of my hand, I said, but the truth is we do not know what life is or what death is. To claim power over what you do not understand is not wise, nor is the end of it likely to be good. And Ged will bring up his own story a little bit later on and say, I know how much evil one man, one life can do. I've done it. I've done the same evil in the same folly of pride. I opened the door between the world's life and death just a crack, a little crack to show that I was stronger than death itself. I was young and I had not met death like you. It took the strength of the Archmage, Nemerle, it took his mastery in his life to shut that door. You can see the mark that night left on me on my face, but him it killed. The door between the light and the darkness can be opened. It takes strength, but it can be done. But to shut it is a different story. So when somebody is using the lore of Palm, they're messing around with some stuff that goes to the very core of existence and, you know, can have a lot of repercussions. And so here's where he brings up Cobb. And Ged says, I did see somebody who used this lore. And now notice, not only is Cobb careless to some degree, but he's also using it for motives very different than, say, the Grey Mage was. The Grey Mage is counseling kings, and Ged actually wants to, you know, engage in this wizard's battle back in the Wizard of Earthsea, so it's his pride. In the case of Cobb, he's doing it for more tawdry reasons. Pride is part of it, but he's also doing it for, for money. He's doing it for show. So he summons souls of the dead. And as Ged tells us, he lived in Havnor. They accounted him a mere sorcerer, but in native power, he was a great mage. He made money from his art, showing any who paid him whatever spirit they asked to see. Dead wife or husband or child, filling his house with unquiet shadows of old centuries, the fair women of the days of kings. I saw him summoned from the dry land, my own old master who was archmage in my youth, Nemerly, for a mere trick to entertain the idol. So some people are coming to him because they're like, hey, I want to see my dead family members again. Some are like, hey, entertain us. And so he brings Nemerle there and Ged sees this. Ged is 
to say the least, not happy about this. And we learn something about him in the process. He says, that great soul came at his call like a dog to heal. I was angry and challenged him. I was not archmage then saying, you compel the dead to come into your house? Will you come with me to theirs? And I made him go with me into the dry land, though he fought me with his will and changed his shape and wept aloud when nothing else would do. Aaron says, did you kill him? And he says, no, no, I I did this instead. I made him follow me into the land of the dead and return with me from it. He was afraid. He who summoned the dead to him so easily was more afraid of death than any man I ever knew. At the wall of stones, across it the spirit goes at death and across it a living man may go and return again if he's a mage. By this wall of stones, the man crouched down on the side of the living and tried to withstand my will. So this is a battle, a struggle of wills. And he could not. He clung to the stones with his hands and cursed and screamed. I have never seen a fear like that. It sickened me with its own sickness. And here Ged has a a realization. Now, it's a realization of what he didn't realize at the time. And I think so many of us can relate to this, not in terms of wizardry, but in terms of what we do when we are enraged. He said, I've never seen a, a fear like that. It sickened me with its own sickness. I should have known by that I did wrong. I was possessed by anger and by vanity, for he was very strong and I was eager to prove that I was stronger. So Ged, out of his anger and his wish to master the master, reduces him to a groveling husk, you could say, of a man. And he gets Cobb to promise of his own free will that he'll never use the Pelnish lore again. He says, he kissed my hand and would have killed me if he dared. He went from Havnor into the west to Palmper. Perhaps I heard years later he had died. He was white-haired when I knew him. And so Aaron asked, well, what was his true name? And he said, I don't know. They called him Cobb in Havnor. And so this is the character who's going to turn out to be the antagonist in this entire story. So Ged humiliated him. Ged took the person who was already doing wrong and didn't correct him, didn't punish in the right way, but rather retaliated against him. And Cobb is going to go off. Perhaps he dies. Actually, he doesn't. Instead, he breaches the wall, the... Actually, he doesn't breach the wall itself within the dry land. He breaches the dry land and the disconnect between living and death. And this is what Ged himself says that he has done. So reflecting on him later on with Aaron, he says, he had great power. It was all bent on denying death. And he knew the great spells of the lore of Paul. I was young and a fool when I used that lore and I brought ruin on myself. But if an old man and a strong one used it, careless of all consequence, he might bring ruin on us all. So we go back to the dangerous nature of the spells of Palm. You can bring ruin upon yourself and a few other people, or you can screw things up for the entire world, including non-human entities as well, like the dragons, as we're going to find out later on. What else do we learn about Cobb? Well, later on in the story, he is going to appear first with ascending and then as a living person. And then he's going to be dragged again into the land of the dead where they, they face him. And 
in the sending, one of the questions that comes up is, well, what is your actual name? What should we call you? And Ged says, how shall we call you when we meet you? You will call me Lord, said the tall figure on the dune's edge. And what else? King and master. And he says, and where shall we come to you and when? In my domain and at my pleasure. So he's telling Ged, I'm beyond you. And he's been calling himself a king to all these other people. Ged actually brings up, you know, the fact that he's sort of an anti-king when Aaron asks him about that earlier, right? When they do wind up in the land of the dead, there is an exchange where he asks him, what is your name? And Cobb says, I have none. Ged says, all on this land bear their true name. Tell me yours then. I am named Ged. And you? The blind man hesitated and said, Cobb. Ged says, that was your use name, not your name. Where is your name? Where is the truth of you? Did you leave it in pain where you died? You have forgotten much, O Lord of the two lands. You've forgotten light and love and your own true name. And he says, I have your name now and power over you, Ged the Archmage. He says, my name is not any of use to you. You can't do anything with it here in the land of the dead, dummy. You know, and he says, who are you? You lost death. You lost life in order to save yourself, yourself, your immortal self. What is it? Who are you? And he says, I am myself. My body will not decay and die. And Ged says, a living body suffers pain, Cobb. A living body grows old. It dies. Death is the price that we pay. Who are you? And finally, he says, the immortal one. Say your name, the king. Say my name. I told it to you but a minute since. Say my name. You are not real. You have no name. Only I exist. And then Ged says, you exist without name, without form. So it's interesting. He has a name, Cobb, which was that of his past self, right? He has names that are not names, but rather functions or titles, king, master, lord, these really exchangeable vocalizations that express dominance and power and perhaps other things as well. He names himself finally the immortal one, but he's not really going to turn out to be immortal after all. So Cobb doesn't know who he is. Cobb doesn't have what everybody else in Earthsea has, a sense of their identity, their selfhood, to use a word that Ged brought up in conversation with Aaron later. And so the misuse, and it's impossible not to misuse in a certain respect, the Pelnish lore has gotten him to this point. Cobb, we never know what his, his true name is. All we have is his use name. Cobb has become this entity that doesn't really know itself. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.